Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Sped Up Chat. I'm your host, Mark Ryan, live from Abu Dhabi, and this is a different edition. It's the beginning of something new, an add-on to something great, the Sped Up Chat, and an avenue to talk with an artist that I have grown with, that I truly respect and appreciate, and is definitely part of my life as an artist, and I hope he says the same thing. It's, called, it's going to be called the CNK Chat. We are going live through the Sped Up Chat forum to begin with, so let's get started. Yo, what's up, everybody? So Mark Ryan here, and I am alongside another Mark. Uh, Mark, take uh, as much time as you like. Introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. I'm Mark Brigden. You might have seen me before on the Sped Up Chat. I am an educator and photographer in the Ottawa area. Uh, I work at a university level uh, working with master's students, but right, and also I have my own freelance photography business. Uh, but yeah, I've worked in... Uh, different countries around the world shooting, and uh, it's an honor to be here. Uh, Mark, you and I go back almost 20 years, I think, now at this point, so it's crazy. Yeah, I try not to talk about uh, years <laughs> too long, but um, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're comfortable with it. Now, it's absolutely uh, a pleasure to have you on tonight. I know as soon as you jumped on the Sped Up chat when we did our Arts Roundtable, so Lise Farquhar and I um, we do an arts roundtable. We have done uh, two of them so far, and they're really, really exciting. We had a really great conversation. But right after, Mark and I would jump onto WhatsApp or onto LinkedIn, and we we're like, man, let's do something where we're talking about the artistic process, part of our journey, since we have an understanding of a little bit where each other kind of developed. At least we we're at the beginning. There are some middle parts there that we're going to find out in these C and K chats for sure, because there's a lot of gray area or blank area that I don't know, Mark. And I'm going to go to right away art school. What drove you to go to art school? Because our our journeys were definitely different. Yeah, um, for me, it was an outlet because uh, I know from your side, you're more you were a sports guy. I, I uh, never really got into sports. Uh, I always found the competitive side of athletics to be very, uh, just it, mentally, it was just not me. It was too hardcore, it was too aggressive. It was this like really toxic uh, energy that I, I didn't like. And so um, from a young age, like maybe seventh grade, I would just draw. And I was just even younger, but like I, and I just seemed to surround myself with people that were really into drawing, really into comic books. And by the time I got to high school, uh, I just meshed with this group of kids that were really into randomly indie music from the UK. And when you come, when you, I went to an English school in the suburbs of Quebec, and uh, there it was mostly like farming kids and a lot of people like they just grabbed every single English kid in the area and shoved them in the same high school. So it was a lot of farmers, a lot of hockey players. And I found this small little niche of artists. And I, I when I met them, I was like, this makes total sense to me. So from there, it just kind of grew. And uh, like I uh, there was no other option for me when I was applying to university. It was either going to be a full on fine arts or it was going to be art history. And I'm glad I, I chose the fine arts aspect because uh, there's nothing better than going into a school and all you're doing is creating all day long. Like that's all you're doing. It just makes you feel alive. So yeah, that that's basically um, where my side of it came from. I just was, it was just one of those things where you feel out of place in your small town and uh, you just, you 
you kind of follow the path of the, uh, the things that excite you. So that's where it came for me. But for you, like, I got to say, um, I was actually surprised meeting you in school because you were the only person in our, in, in, I think in all the years that was uniquely you because you were no, but in a good way, because it was like, you were, you were sporty. You were very confident. You had no problem talking. And I think that's what drew me to you because, um, as we, no, no, in a, in a, Shut up. Just, yeah. uh, you had me at you had no problem talking. Keep going. No, but you didn't. Like you, you really, you, you, I mean, you're cocky, but it was, it was, it was endearing. And I think when you're full of, when you're in a school full of people that were probably maybe the, the artsy outcasts or people that just didn't fit in, uh, to meet someone who was like, I'm creative, but I, I know what my purpose is. I know what I'm going to do. I, I, I have a, a vision like that kind of, that draws you to someone. Cause then you go, yeah, I could be like that too. Even if I'm not sporty, I can be a person who's driven and opinionated. And I think that's, uh, that's how you survive any sort of environment. It's just knowing who you are and uh, developing your skill set. So yeah. Going from yeah, there, I but well, I appreciate you saying that, but uh, I really like what you said with the path of excitement, you know, like going to something that is just exciting every day and creating. And I think um, from a young age, I'm not, I couldn't pinpoint when it was, but I was I had a clear understanding. And we were talking about this before in the green room that no one really had it figured out more than me. At least I felt that way. I felt like, you know, everyone might walk in and they might be more skilled at this or maybe more skilled at that. But I felt like when I walked into the art room, um, yeah, I had disadvantages from a lot of people because there was a lot of people that maybe had a lot more uh, technical skill than I did. But I kind of knew that we were still all on the same playing field. I didn't think that anyone, you know, outmatched anyone else. No, and I, I agree with you. I think for you more than anything is that you already knew how to play the game a little bit. And I uh, I remember because you interned with a, photo- a painter named Batboy at the time, right? Like you, and he was an up and, I don't know what happened to him, but I know that at the time he was an up and coming uh, painter. I used to work at a country club when I was 17 and 18. And the rich guys that played golf there would talk about, I just invested art, my, like thousands of dollars in paintings by this guy Batboy. So when I met you, I went, that's pretty cool that you're already at 19 being like, okay, forward thinking, this is what I'm going to do. Whereas in either the rest of us were either working two jobs or whatever, but I think that was an advantage that you had, but yes, skill wise faculty, at least they, they didn't perceive us at that level first year as hierarchies. It was just, okay, you're, we, we gotta, we gotta get you into all the curriculum. And then the ones who survived this year, then we'll start seeing how we can, shape you a little bit more, which I think is, is the same. And like, I, I, you probably know this too, but like in any education environment, especially university, there are much more applicants, much more applicants than there are graduates. So, you know, I think first year it's like, we're going to throw everything at you. We're going to teach you a lot. And the people that can pick it up and the people that can move with it, they're going to be the ones that advance. And, uh, but I, I mean, for you, I think that if I, I, I feel, and maybe I'm wrong, uh, it just, uh, you were so open to learning that I think that's why it's, it served you well and you, you continue to do art. I think that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, what I really appreciate, appreciated about the university of Ottawa. And when we went was 
the idea of taking risks and attempting things and actually just being part of the process. I think they really valued if you made an effort to be part of the process. And what I wanted to talk about also was, you know, we had these great moments. We would go across the street to this uh, kind of this diner breakfast area and some people would get takeout breakfast and whatever. And we'd sit there and chat about maybe an upcoming project or due dates or whatever. And, you know, it was those types of places where I still I still find I'm driven to. I'm driven to going to coffee shops and sitting down with people and having conversations and driven to spaces like yeah. this here um, on Twitter right now, going live and chatting. It's something that I need for my creative process. Have I you been able to find that like consistently along the way? Yes, um, I'm, I'm very lucky in the sense that like you, I'm, I, I find it easy to talk to people and to just uh, start communicating. Uh, it's, I would say maybe sometimes a little bit harder uh, in cities like Ottawa, uh, if you don't know where to go because it's not obvious because it's a government town, it's a little bit more, even if the government's not conservative, the, I, the ideas behind it are conservative. Um, but you kind of, I think it's like anywhere, you kind of find your family. And then you kind of like, for me, it's uh, right now through lockdown, it's constantly communicating with people going, I'm having ideas for this once we can finally start meeting together. So it's not just art, like it's different kinds of artists for me. So I'm talking like, I will be collaborating with makeup artists. I'll be, you know, people that do styling uh, or just even location. And because I haven't had access to that, I'm doing that kind of with myself now. So uh I mean, uh, following me on Instagram, you probably see it. Like I'm styling all of my own shoots. I'm finding locations. I'm, you know, it gets really cold here in the winter, but I said to a buddy of mine, who's a model, uh, who's a great, who's a great guy. Um, if you don't mind, let's go into the woods, but you're only going to be wearing like, like big wool blankets and we're going to make it look like really nomadic. And, and he was like, yeah, I'm down for anything. You know, you've got to find those type of people that are just like, let's experiment. Let's try it out. If it doesn't work out, we tried. It's not a big deal. I think for you as well, like, um, uh, I think this is one of the reasons we connected for so long, but uh, it's, I think you need to have an ability to uh, be open to the critique and critiquing yourself. We touched on this during one of our sped up chats, um, but it's so important. I think it's a, it's an art that's being lost a little bit in the, in the kind of younger generations is and maybe I, you as a teacher, you can tell me if it's the same, but it's being able to communicate with someone um, it's not necessarily negative. It's just a way to help improve their style. So how do you find it with, um, with your young students though? Like how do you find uh, yeah, the well, process? Yeah. I always uh, try to encourage the students to realize that art is, you know, kind of two sides, you know, there's the creating side, like that's amazing. Like you're really creating, you're getting involved, you're getting work done, but then there's the responding side. And like both of them need to be equal, you know, like you need to be able to speak about your work meaningfully. You need to be able to speak about how your work was impacted by the other students in the class or how you drew information from other people. And then you need to be able to just listen to people's opinion. And there's a big difference between yep. fact and opinion. Right. And that's that's OK. Um, so it's allowing students to take that in and, you know, be constructive and not just give answers like I like it. I don't like it. You know, like that's not helping anybody. Actually, nobody cares. You know, like what about it do you not like? You know, like I don't like the fact that they use the paint over here and it's all messy. Okay, that then they can they can talk about that because maybe there was something that led them to those decisions, right? So it's um, 
getting students to think about it that way. So I think it is uh, it is something that's still happening in the classroom. I'm not sure if it's it's happening in every art classroom around. You know, I, I was um, I would say not fortunate enough to have an art teacher, a specific art teacher in my primary school. You know, like I had a homeroom teacher. Right. I didn't have an art teacher until high school. So the fact that the students at Raha International School, where I teach here in Abu Dhabi, have two art teachers, you know, that can divide up grades between two and grade five, that can collaborate with homeroom teachers, that can go and say, you know what, you're going to be doing a presentation. How about I find five installation artists that also work with this? And actually, so cool. let, me, let me show you some some artists that work with sound. And then I'm going to go talk with the music teacher because you also have a specialized music teacher. And then I'm going to go talk to the PE teacher because this is going to revolve, uh, involve some kind of movement. And you think like they have so many support elements that if working together, transdisciplinary, actually working together, the students can just like have so many opportunities. It's amazing. It was not what I had. And no, and I'm not throwing any of my primary teachers under the bus they um, they obviously helped me get to where I am now. So um, hats off to all of them. Thank you. Well, yeah, and I agree. I agree with you. It really helps out, like especially primary. But I think, yeah, for me, it was like we had to, like an art component probably up until about fourth grade. And then I'm not going to, again, not just my primary school teachers because you do the best you can. But four, five, six, it was like they didn't, art wasn't really considered a factor. Five, it was more like in fifth grade, we had a teacher that really taught us how to love to read, which was amazing. But it wasn't until I got to seventh grade where they actually started to openly be really supportive. Take an art class. Do you know, take an art class, take a drama class. You know, they really were like, we want you to learn to be, to have fun in school because, you know, the mandatory classes a lot of the time, uh, you can feel quite either really stupid or you can feel bored or you can, you can excel. But uh, it's just, I think the the structure of how like the way that maybe we were raised doesn't work as well with a newer generation because they're constantly thinking all the time. They are their media surrounds them constantly. So you kind of need those outlets where it's like, okay, put down the device. Just start creating thinking with your mind, start creating things. Because I think that really opens up a social aspect. It also um, helps you to learn. Uh, as we are, as we're, we keep saying, critiquing is important uh, because it helps you through life. I think the biggest difference from when um, I was in our art school, which was so receptive to let's talking, let's like Michael. Uh, I don't know if you ever had him. Uh, I took the photography for Michael Schreiber at U, U Ottawa. He was my photography teacher. Um, he, when during our critiques, he would always say, "I don't know" is not a response. He said, "I'm going to ask you a question, and if you sit there and you say I don't know." It doesn't make any sense because you obviously did something with intent. Why did you, what was your intent behind it? But I think it's because people, when they're pushed, they're just like, oh, the easiest answer is to say, I don't know. I just shot it. But there's really obviously some sort of like backstory behind it. Like why, why this subject? Why, why did you choose? Uh, and I used to, I was, I got real good at BSing because sometimes I would just be like, I don't know. I went and photographed a band one night and I didn't have time to do my project. So I just developed this roll of film with band photos. And then I would put it like, and I, I would just be like, oh yeah, yeah. And I'd start like listing their song titles as the titles of the pieces and being like, well, this is what this means to me. And because 
again, we're 19, 20, 21. Uh, a lot of what university is is partying and discovering who you are. But anyway, sorry, getting back to it was the difference. Is that, was part of it? Is, that, is that not part of it? You know, the part of like the artist to be able to say, you know what, I was out and no, I didn't just go and watch a band. I actually photographed them. You know, like maybe like my intent wasn't to photograph them for the, my project, but I can guarantee you 99% of the people at that concert that you're speaking to, they were not photographing the band in, with the same kind of lens, you know, and I don't mean your yeah. camera lens as you were. And so the idea that you would then be like, okay, I'm in a jam and I'm see all this music references I'm putting in here. Uh, I'm in a jam and I need to like figure out how to get these photographs to fit with my project. And I'm, and you know, you said BS it. Um, I think that's like, you just demonstrated, I think a different creative process. You just demonstrated being an artist and maybe it wasn't like ticking the boxes of whatever he said you needed to do for those 10 things. And you said, okay, therefore I'll tick your little boxes. But you know, you presented a piece of work that then you could speak to and you could get critique about and you could apply that later. So I don't know, it sounds it sounds valid to me. I, I think so too. And I think um, I generationally, we also were, we were coming out of, um, you know, we were, we were kind of like, I don't want to say we were the startup of the technology because technology was around forever, but you got to think, I think we were probably the last couple of years where dark rooms, like people still use them, but they were really, really valid. It wasn't, I think the last year of university uh, was when we start, I started using digital cameras. Uh, so we were, it was really about the skill level of what you produced, like everything with your hands. So there had to be an intent of like, not just what you were thinking, but it was like the movement through your body of why you were creating it that way. Why are we, there was, you know, there wasn't any digital painting then. Uh, you know, like that kind of stuff too, which is just, it's incredible to think about. Like, do you, do you still have to send your slides in for a master's program? Do they still want like actual slides of your work? I don't, I don't know. Actually, do you know what? I do know because I did apply for a master's program and because of the, because of COVID uh, it's been deferred two years, but I'm, I'm still not sure if I'm going to do it now because uh, it was just, I applied for it, but yeah, I did a digital, uh, I submitted all of my photos into a digital um, PowerPoint that I was submitting okay. for it. So it was a little bit better, but you're right. Um, the reason I didn't get accepted to grad school the first time was because I took really terrible slides of all of my work. No. Because it, it's really hard to light uh, a slide. Like it's really yeah. hard. Yeah. Everything comes out yellowy. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just remember thinking, oh, this is fine. They're, they're going to see exactly what my work's going to look like. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I just, uh, I think, uh, sorry, when I was trying to say before was, and I got sidetracked was comparisons to maybe five, six years later when I went back to school for photography, like I was like, you know what, full on, I'm going to pursue this, but I want to get all the technical knowledge because it's completely different than art school. Everything's technical. Like they will teach you a little bit about art. They'll teach you a little bit about business, but a lot of it's like, this is how you shoot in the studio. This is how you use the equipment. Um, going back to school when you're 30 and having classrooms full of 19 to 21 year olds, None of these kids knew how to take critiques. They really, and I call them kids, at the time they were my peers, we were all equalized, but they took such offense to you even saying, well, I would do it this way, it could look like this, because they, in their minds, they'd be like, 
uh, well, no, this is my final project and how dare you? And I didn't even ask your opinion. And it's really, it's, it was such an interesting dynamic because I remember in first year, we had to sit there for hours, go over everyone's paintings or go over everyone's photos or sculptures or whatever and say, and watching everyone's like um, abstract video presentations that we had to do on like VHSs and really sit there and go, this is why it works. This is why it doesn't. This makes me feel uncomfortable because blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I just, I, I, the realms and the difference in the generations just, it makes me feel old saying it like that, but it's just seeing how uh, the opinion, like it changed the people turned around and I was like, well, if you don't, if you don't think it's good, I'm like, why don't you just go do it again? It's not, or work, keep working on it. But it was this mentality of, no, I've done it once. I don't want to do it again. And right. I, I don't want to get, I don't want to take your critiques on it. We end, like, they'd be like, I, I know that you're older and you are good at what you do, but I don't want to hear it. It was, it was this very weird dynamic. Yeah, I can see that, you know, and I think it comes from, well, I couldn't speak to a place where it comes from, from those students yeah. uh, in particular, but the idea that, you know, and you see it on social media a lot, you see it on chats um, like this a lot where people want to hear a certain similarity or, you know, they, they don't want, they don't want differences because they feel the difference in the conversation is going to be conflict. And actually what you're talking about is not conflict. You're talking about is process and just actually moving forward and whether they are able to be in a place to take what you're saying or not. The idea that, you know, we're just sharing and all ideas don't have to be aligned. And I think that's what I struggle with the most on Twitter these days and with a lot of uh, education chats is yeah. everyone is uh, is scared to kind of go against what someone else is saying, you know, and it's not that if you go against them, you're saying they're wrong. You're just stating how you feel. And I think it pushes people's buttons a lot. And mine kind of comes down to my biggest beef this uh, this time around is the idea of people and their time. And my view is you see a lot of people on social media doing a lot of things. And I often wonder, are you using your time to the best of your ability? Because, and I say this because I need to be, for example, in this chat right now with the CNK chat, I need to be respectful that you are willing to give up your time to be here with me as well, right? So therefore we have to have the most. Oh. I might I might be losing you, so I'm going I, to I think you. I just missed the last bit of that. What was oh I'm right here. Okay, so I'm not sure if my, there you are. <laughs> I, oh, you just I, zoomed I, me. You zoomed me in on purpose. Okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I zoomed you in because I thought my internet was going to crash, so I thought I might as well zoom them in now. But yeah, so I have these beefs that go along with what you just said. The idea that people think that you are criticizing them or you're going against them when actually you're just trying to have a conversation about yeah about development, basically. Um, you you talked about. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you talked about, you know, looking in COVID times, you know, still collaborating differently and like working with people who would say yes and be like, all right, I'll take that opportunity and let's go into the woods and, you know, do nomadic photo shoots. And so I think if you have those people, hang on to them as tight as they're probably holding on to that Hudson Bay blanket. But um, <laughs> Oh, so you saw it. Okay, that's good. I, uh, I wasn't sure. <laughs> so, um, but what... Um, 
what I wonder is, are you missing the thrill of the show? Are you missing the thrill of the exhibition, putting work up, hanging work, and like watching the public's view, the gaze? I, I think so in some ways, but here's the thing. Um, I, for the last five years, I guess, was getting, I was getting used to the realm of publication more than anything. So, um, and in some type, I'm in some ways it was the same because it was like, I got to sell this idea to these people because sometimes I just independently shoot something and be like, um, will you, like, will you buy this? Will you, will this be published? Will this be in your magazine? And you know, it's, I, as you know, you always, it's always best to ask because the worst anyone can say is no, like no is not a, like at the end of your life. Um, I miss it sometimes because uh, we were quite fortunate that we got to be a part of uh, collaborative experiences where we got to show outside of the university. You know, we had, we had partnerships with our school. They, um, we, uh, I missed that a little bit because I don't think I've shown gal in a gallery uh, for maybe a decade, which I like for a lot of art showing artists, that's a, that's a long period of time. But as I, I've mentioned before in this chat, I, there was moments where I wasn't doing art and I went back to it. Um, I kind of miss it because it's the thrill of it's uh, it's almost like you're building um, you're you're being able to showcase who you are in a in a sense, and then you get fl either floods or maybe not very many people coming in, and then they get to do the same thing. The critiques you get to have the conversation about what you're trying to do. If people come up to you and they don't like it. Uh, you know, I'm able to stand my ground and say, well, this is what I'm trying to do. And, oh yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take on board what you're going to say and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's a, it's a big part of being an artist. Um, as we keep talking, I feel like the, 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 the topic of this whole chat is taking critique more than anything or learning, learning to take it. But yeah, I, uh, I, I do miss it a little bit. I mean, I, I don't know for you, uh, cause you, I think you used to show a lot more than a lot of us. Um, because you used to, you, you were really good at like, cause you lived, uh, well, you lived like a, a fair distance from campus, but you were able, you painted a lot at your place. Like you used to like sometimes, cause when we used to share a studio, sometimes it'd be like, I haven't seen him for like two weeks and you'd be like, oh yeah, I just took all the paintings home. Like I just, <laughs> I, I was just, I just didn't want to come to the school. I just wanted to paint at home. And I, I really respected that. I wasn't, it wasn't an option for me, but it was one of those things that I went, I bet you he's doing a lot. It's, it's that also that air of mystery. Anyway, sorry, I'm going off topic, but yeah, uh, I, I think, it, I think it's great. I like the adrenaline of it. I like, uh, but I like interacting with people. I like getting the feedback. I like, um, uh, I like that kind of showcasing. I haven't printed work, uh, physically printed my work in about five years. So, uh, but I do, I kind of miss that element. I also like it when it's a competitive element. When it's like, oh, you want to show and potentially you could win a prize or something. That to me, it's like that gets my creative juices going even more. So yeah. That's that's funny. I'm I'm gonna jump on that for a second because you know, you said you didn't want to be an athlete and you were pushing against that space because of how competitive it was. And now the competitive angle is what's drawing you into the art space. So are you actually just competitive when you feel you can really compete? Yeah, I'm just competitive when I, 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 <laughs> I think there's a difference between being um, 14 and awkward with your body and uh, bigger, tougher kids saying you're shit, 
excuse the language and because I don't know if we swear on this podcast um, and uh, saying you're no good and get out of here and then being 25 and or at the time and or 30 or whatever, even the age now and being like, oh, do you know what? I'm going to create the best damn piece of art because I'm going to I want to win something. I want to do this. Uh, that honestly, I I got you're absolutely right. You're totally right to call me on that. I think second year of college for um, photography, I really got a bit competitive with my fellow classmates and maybe that's why they didn't like my critiques so much, but I really liked, um, I was more like, I want to outdo myself constantly. I was like, I have access to a studio and about a million dollars worth of equipment here. What can I do to outdo my ideas? And that really pushes you to be like, who can I, who can I get to style this shoot? Who can I get to collaborate? Who can I, um, how do I, how do I create the best damn portfolio that I possibly can? And now, you know, I have less resources, but it's all about how do I not replicate myself? How do I create a brand that, uh, oh, there's Lee's chiming in. Uh, how do I create a brand that really makes me, um, stand out? And it's, I find that's very, very hard as an artist because you've, you've almost got to be original, but there's no originality anymore. So, uh, yeah, but for you, I mean, like, I actually, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Mark, because I know I I follow you in Global Collabs um, and you post a lot about different art spaces and what you're doing. I haven't actually seen um, the work you produce lately and I'm not trying to shame, like say, oh, you should be producing more work, but I'm really curious as to what direction you take on that like how do you feel about uh the competition with the artist was it easier becoming an educator uh rather than constantly trying to fight to be a known kind of personality artist yeah um i think you know i was in the fortunate position when i moved to hong kong i gathered some notoriety uh based on people i was hanging out with and their circles that were already created so i was hanging around with some people who were actually already established musicians and actors and come from family, a family of, you know, creative people, um, the creator of uh, uh, Club Monaco, to be exact. So, you know, like this is the the type of, you know, artistic family I was dealing with. And during that time, it empowered me to be able to have my own voice and for people to, you know, lock doors opening and be able to go in and be like, all right, now this is what I'm going to do. And I kind of drew upon my need for these kinds of moments. And like you said, you know, being able to talk to people who come into the space. So, you know, creating opportunities for that. So I changed from being a painter to being, um, I wouldn't say a fashion designer, but using textiles and using the fashion industry to be my creative outlet. So I created hats and then I found spaces for people to hang the collection. So I would hang a hundred hats at once and we would put a value at whatever it was to for the cost of the production. And then the rest of it would go into a charity based on whatever the venue wanted. So I had constant showcases of these hats that were easily accessible to people because it was wearable art. And so people would grab the hat, put the minimal donation. And by the end of the show, you know, let's say a, a nightclub with three or 400 people and a hundred of them are wearing your product. 
you know, so you have a hundred people to chat with about why you made that hat. What's your motivation to keep making it? Who are you? What do you do in this city? And I just rolled on that kind of momentum with creating. And then with global collabs, um, I partnered with Dave Casey, a painter in Ottawa as well. And Dave is a, is a painter alongside Bat Boy. That's when I knew him. Uh, he was still a high school student and I was developing my portfolio for university. And he was or is, you know, a little bit of the typical Ottawa artist painting trees and cottage scenes and people on the canal. Well, he doesn't paint people, so I'm not going to push him down that far. <laughs> but anyways, he's uh, he, he didn't do the beaver tail picture on the canal, but still. He, um, he does a lot of trees, and but he's a super creative thinker, and I know he's in that space. So I said, all right, let's do something that's easy for us to handle. Let's do a, a work where you do your trees, and when I come back to Ottawa, I'll just, ta I'll just tackle them. And so we did a showcase a couple years ago at the Santini Gallery in Ottawa where we had our tree mixed with my abstract expressionism almost on top. And all we asked from the venue was give us one night, open the doors, you know, provide food and drink for anyone who comes in and uh, we'll split the sales with you. So, you know, just really easy. Let's just do this thing. And yeah. that's what I'm about is like trying to create opportunities to do stuff that I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make a million dollars. I'm not trying to, you know, get inside uh, the biggest, fanciest places, even though right now I do have a collaboration with the Louvre Abu Dhabi. So boom, dab on yeah, that I've one. Been, I've, been promoting you, I've been promoting you a bit with that one. I've been talking to people. I'm like, look at this guy I went to university with. This this weird, not weird, but like I was like, this little guy I used to run around. Like, look what he's doing. I think it's pretty friggin' incredible. I think that's your art, though. A lot of the time, you're an opportunity creator, and I think people don't realize there is skill, but eighty percent of it is business. And if you can't, and oh, and also luck. I mean, right place, right time. I was very fortunate in a lot of ways. I probably didn't take advantage to the fullest of things I could have when I was in my 20s. But, you know, like you, I took chances. I went, you know, to Europe and met people and got to do really crazy stuff that I probably, I always say this to people as well, regardless of where you are currently, people can't take away the things that you've done. You've got the legacy of doing the things that you've done. Um, it's the 2% aisle that will actually be able to maintain that and keep going with it. Like life, things come up in life. Uh, I think it's amazing what you did. I, I mean, hats itself, like look at designers like Philip Tracy. It is all about, that is all art and it is considered high fashion. Like, I mean, I think textiles is kind of uh, what the future of art is in a lot of ways, you know? It's about creating uh, wearable art. Everyone wants to wear the next big thing. So that's incredible. I didn't even know that about you. That's uh, phenomenal. See? Yeah. So it, for me, like when it goes about to uh, global collabs, you know, and like what work are we doing? You know, it's about, you know, constantly having the, the conversation. So when the opportunity presents itself, you have the people alongside you that you're like, we're ready to go. And just like, you know, when we chatted after our first uh, sped up chat, and it might have been before, actually, uh, I'm pretty sure it was after. But the idea that, like, you know, if, if I do make it back to Ottawa this summer, let's do something. You know, we don't have to over plan it. We don't have to have all the materials, all the concept, everything yeah. put in place. But if we have a space, if we have a night, if we're going to do something, 
trust me, I'll be there. And if there might even be a paintbrush and you might be walking in with your photos from the band you watched the night before. I don't know. But there's gonna <laughs> Which be is basically what we've done before. And it's just like, okay, I'm going to walk in today, paste photo, paste photo, paste photo, come back. Okay, Mark, do this line. Great. Uh, yeah. I think, um, I think you have the concept. Uh, this has been a pleasure. It's uh, definitely something that I hope we can get on here more often, you know, and uh, we'll chat about that. Thank you so Mark for jump uh, so much Mark for jumping on. This has been been the C and K podcast, a part of the sped up chat here on Twitter. How should I wrap this up? I guess by saying, you know, sometimes people think they're not competitive, but maybe, just maybe, they're the most competitive in the room. All right, everybody. My name is Mark Ryan. This is Sped Up Chat live from Abu Dhabi. I'll see you next time. <laughs>